Here's an example. I was on the top of Everest for 10 minutes. I trained 1,232 hours to get on for those 10 minutes. If I didn't find success in those 1,232 hours, I bet you I'm not going to have that much fun in my journey when I finally get to the top, right? So it's like, how do you have success each day that builds the momentum to allow you to appreciate the summit, but also allow you to appreciate the journey so very much? And so then for significance for me is when you take something that you had success in and you share it with others to help them find their success. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show, everyone. God, I am so excited for today's conversation. You are just going to love this woman. I just met her a few minutes ago, and I love her already. Um, So today's guest is Jen Drummond. She is a mom of seven. Hello. She is a successful business owner and world record holder. Oh, my gosh. As the first woman... This is so cool. I can't, I won't even be able to get through your bio because I'm like so amazed. As the first woman to climb the second highest summit on each of the seven continents, she now spends her time inspiring others to create a thriving business and lasting legacy of their own. She shares her stories and strategies for success through her book, Quit Proof, Seven Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals and her Seek Your Summit podcast, programs, and signature talks. I mean, what do you not do, girl? Learn more about this Wonder Woman and how she elevates devoted and determined entrepreneurs to go beyond a life of success to a life of significance. I love that. We're going to have to break that down later by visiting her website at jindrummond.com. Ladies and gentlemen, meet this beautiful, badass woman, Jen Drummond. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Super excited (laughs) to be here. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I did go to your website. I know a little bit about you, but tell your backstory of how all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I feel like setting a world record and climbing all these summits in the world. I still like look back on that. I'm like, what was wrong with me? Why didn't I want to go see the seven nicest beaches in the world? This just doesn't even make sense. But um, so I was doing the mom thing, right? Like I started a business. I hired myself out of a job so that I could have the dream job of being a stay-at-home mom. Then my kids all went to school and I sat there and I'm like, I guess this is what you do. 
you just wait until they go to college and then you do you again because what happens if somebody needs something or, you know, all those things that we tell ourselves. Yeah. And lucky for me, I got into a horrific car crash Ooh. in 2018 that should have taken my life and didn't. So the fact that it didn't, it woke me up to this idea that we don't have forever. Like mm-hmm. I don't get to choose when I die, but I sure get to choose how I live. And the choices I'm making are not really living. I love that, by the way. I wrote that down as something I wanted to make sure that I went back to, but I'm going to repeat it. You don't get to choose when you leave this life, but you sure can choose how you live it. And I, my audience is probably like, here she goes. <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying this might be new news to you, Jen. So my ex-husband died at the age of 26. He passed away in his sleep and my brother died at the age of 49. I mean, do I even have to say life is freaking short, you guys? So like, I think about my ex, I'm like, he never even made it to midlife. He never even had that pleasure to make it to midlife. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's now or never. And And it is like, sometimes we all get stuck like in this, in the rat race and the same routine as a spouse, as a, you know, a parent as running a household and, and grabbing our keys and going to work. It's the same monotonous thing. And we're all, we, we all do it, right? Like we're creatures of habit, but I also think we're creatures of change. And at any Mm -hmm. moment that you can decide to change and you don't always have to have something like a crazy, uh, I'm so glad that you're here, that you lived through the accident, but you don't always have to have something crazy happen to you to go, okay, maybe I'll change my life and do something different. Right. Definitely. Yeah. May you yeah. not have to have something crazy to wake you exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. magical life that we live because wow. Right. And you don't like, I'm way more conscientious now for mm. sure of, am I getting into a pattern? Am I doing stuff because of autopilot or am I choosing things? And because I don't want to slide back into that, right? I don't yeah. want to slide back into the, oh my gosh, they lost another decade and I don't know what happened. Yep. And I feel like we, uh, there's that quote of comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. And we can get so comfy with our little comfort zones. And it's so important to push ourselves outside of that mm-hmm. comfort zone so that you can grow and evolve and and discover more things about yourself and about life. So a couple of questions for you. What inspired you to actually climb these summits? Yes. Yeah. So did this pop into your mind? Yeah. yeah. Like, let's go do this thing. Um, so since I survived the accident, I started taking inventory of who I was, who I wanted to be, what I wanted to experience before I died. Because now I was afraid of running out of time and I could care less what everybody's opinion was. Mm. Where before I was more afraid of like, oh, what's everybody going to say? Now I'm like, you're going to die too. So whatever, your opinion dies with you. My opinion dies with me. I'm going to start doing life. And like on my list, it was like, I want to eat spaghetti in Italy, right? Like I want like just weird things that you're like, hey, if I had a choice, these are all the things I wanted to do. Well, 2020, I was turning 40. And I looked over this list that I made at at 2019 and on the list, climb a mountain stood out because Mm. I was thinking, you know, if I get older, this is going to be harder. 
So I want to do like this thing I should do in my 40s because it'll be a lot easier to do it than in my 50s or 60s. And what a great way to launch my next decade is saying, I'm going to climb a mountain to launch my 40s. So I have friends that are into mountaineering. And I asked them, like, if you could climb one mountain in the whole world, like the world is your choice, what mountain would you climb? And everybody came back to me with the same mountain named Ama de Blom. Mm. And Ama de Blom, if you've watched a Paramount Pictures movie, it's the mountain in the like logo of the stars. Oh, yes. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like Paramount Pictures logo. Yeah, that sounds great. So here I am training for Ama de Blom, which is located in the Himalayas of Nepal. And COVID hits. So now I'm a homeschool teacher to seven children because school is shut down and nobody's flying to any foreign country to climb anything. And I am like helping one of my kids with their homework and one of them struggling. So I'm doing that parent pep talk that we do. Like we do hard things. You've got this, you know, two more problems, (laughs) whatever. And my son looks up at me and he goes, if we do hard things, why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde? Instead of a real mountain like Mount Everest, said, oh "Honey, it's stop it! Ama That's awesome." The Blom, okay, it is not. I'm a dumb blonde, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> oh my so, god, that is hysterical! I know. I wanted to squish him. I'm like, finish your homework. We'll look at Everest. So he finished his homework. We looked at Everest. He went to bed. I was still kind of looking at Everest, and then I thought, you know what? If Everest is the hardest mountain in the whole world to him. I'm going to climb it and I'm going to show him that whatever our Everest is, we can climb it like no problem. So I hire a coach by the end of the week, the coach is, okay, I can get you ready, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, I need you to buy this book about becoming an uphill athlete. I'm like, okay, perfect. So I get this book in the mail and in the front of it, there was a lady who got a Guinness world record for doing something in the Alps. And I must have been reading this at a time where I was feeling pretty deflated as a mother because homeschooling isn't my expertise and whatever else. And my coach calls me to go over things. And I told him, like, I could have done that. Like, I can suffer. I can do hard things. Like, I would have gotten a Guinness World Record. And my kids would think I'm the coolest mom in the whole world because I'm not cool right now. And I don't even see any light at the end of the tunnel. And my coach is like, I'll think of something. Don't worry. I'm like, okay, fine. So a few weeks later, he calls me back. He's like, Jen, I have the perfect world record for you. I think you should be the first woman to climb the seven second summits. Now, just like you listening, I'm like, what kind of tongue twister is that? I don't even know what you're talking about. What? Yeah. yeah. He goes, listen, right? Like, I mean, it just didn't even make sense. I'm like, seven, blah, 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 blah. I can't even say it when you first said it. He's like, it's <laughs> the second highest point on each of the seven continents. Wow. It's harder than the first seven. Only one male has done it. So you would be the first woman. And he goes, and think about it, seven continents, seven mountains, seven children. It sounds like a jackpot. I'm like, it does. And so I looked it over with my kids. I thought, why not? Like, what else? Like, life's to be lived. Like, let's see what happens. And so I said, yes. I hadn't slept in a tent before or really climbed any significant mountain, but here we go. Oh, my God. I love this story. I have goosebumps. So question for you, Um, what did you learn about yourself in each category, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? Okay. You're going to have to remind me if I missed one of those. Um, Okay. Physically, I had a strong foundation of fitness. 
right? I was a gymnast as a child. I got into soccer in college. I did triathlons for a little bit. So like all of that, even though it wasn't mountaineering, was like the perfect cocktail to be a good mountaineer. So that was awesome. Mindset. I mean, I have seven kids. Okay. Like if anybody wants to train yourself for patience and mindset and like going with the flow, have a thousand children. It will help you immensely in all things life. Uh, you know no. what though? It's true. I always like remind people, like for, for people out there, for the women that have had children, it's like, oh my gosh, remind yourself of that. Like if you think that you can't do something, hello, just growing a human being and then having to raise this human being, that's pretty dang tough, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So emotionally. Okay. So then emotionally, um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of emotions right? It's the highs, it's the lows, it's the fear, it's the fear, fear, just in all the faces that fear shows up as fear of missing moments at home, fear of heights, fear of, you know, not coming home, fear of an avalanche, fear of like all these stories. And I'll tell you in the accident, when I was finally done flipping and up hanging upside down in my car and somebody came to me and they peeled back the windshield and they looked at me and they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I remember looking at them, like hearing them and then realizing, okay, they're talking to me. Mm. And when I looked at their face, I was like, I don't know if I'm okay. And your facial expression is telling me I'm not. So I closed my eyes and I remember wiggling my fingers and toes and I could feel my fingers and toes. Uh And I said out loud, like, I can feel my fingers and toes. I can feel my fingers and toes. And the guy goes, you're going to be okay. I'll just sit here and talk to you. And that like, episode has played into my life so many times because so many times, like fear is a story we write. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so if you can shut out the world and shut out everything around you and just connect back to your body and you can feel your fingers and toes, that means that whatever you're telling yourself right now is not necessarily the only truth available to you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, our mind play tricks on us for sure. Yeah, it does. Our mind's a silly little monster at times. So, um, yeah. So like emotionally it was the high of the highs. It was the low of the lows. It was everything in between, but I just had like little check-ins to do with myself to just remind myself, Oh, that's a story. Let's get back to what's really going on here. Yeah. You have to come become like very mindful and conscious of what you're thinking. You have to catch that shit before it like sets in you know? Yes. yes. You don't want it to become a belief. Right. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, you know what I find is really interesting here. It is that you were on the edge, uh, of with this accident on the edge of life, but then you put yourself back on the edge of life again, where some people that might've scared them so badly to be in an accident like that and to almost lose your life that they become like even more back into their little shell, like, oh my God, I'm not even going to come close to death again. Yeah. You know, um, it was, it was such Mm -hmm. a bizarre experience being in this, this accident because two months prior to the accident, I was introduced to the book called the surrender experiment. And it's a book about surrendering. And to me, prior to this book, surrender was a weakness. It was quitting. It was giving up. It was like all this negative energy. And so it took me two months to get to a spot where surrender is actually a superpower. 
and actually like a ton of flow and beauty and all this magic can happen in surrender. And it's almost as if the universe said, okay, you get this on a, a thinking level. Mm-hmm. When I put you in a situation, are you going to really be able to act on it? And so mm-hmm. when that car, and I saw the semi hit the car. And I, the second that interaction happened, I said to myself, the only way I'm going to survive is by surrender. And mm-hmm. so I put my hand on the steering wheel. I put my head on the headrest. And I said, I need to just roll with the car. And I was like, I was counting. I'm like, okay, I'm going to roll again. I'm going to roll again. I'm going to roll again. Now I'm not doing forward rolls. Now I'm losing momentum. So I'm going to start doing these sideways rolls. And I stayed in my body and it was so fast. It was slow. Ah. It was so chaotic. It was peaceful. Mm. Mm. Just a very weird thing. So like, it was one of those things where I'm like, I wasn't scared of death. I'm like, when Mm. death comes, death comes. And it's not anything to fear. It's just how we transition. And so for me, I would rather die on the side of the mountain than be afraid to leave my sofa. Yeah. I don't think I get to pick. Like, I think when it's my time, it's my time. Mm. No, I can definitely make smart decisions or silly decisions that like might lean into one thing or another. But on my climbs, I mean, I turned around on two mountains before I summited and had to come back because I just like, it doesn't feel right. The energy, the everything, I just, there's something off right now. And I need to trust that inner knowing and understand that the mountains, I was going to be here. Yeah. I love that you said that. It's interesting. Um, I've got something going on in my life right now where I feel like I'm having to just surrender to it. And someone had even said to me, they're like, I'm surprised you're not panicking more. You're freaking out or you're crying or I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, like the best thing that I can do is to take care of myself. Right. And I used to think that waving the white flag was a form of weakness, but instead it's actually a form of strength. It is a way of just going, okay, just allowing things to be what they are and for them to unfold as they will. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So surrendering is definitely a sign of strength for sure. Um, So one thing I want to ask you about is um, where is it? I had said, okay, here it is. I knew I was going to go back to this. A life of success to a life of significance. What does success mean to you? What does significance mean to you? Yeah, um, I think we define our own success, right? So that's, first of all, before you get into something, you need to know what success looks like to you. Yeah. Uh, A lot of times I think we get caught in it being the top of the mountain. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then we sacrifice everything for that top of the mountain where really I felt, here's an example. I was on the top of Everest for 10 minutes. I trained 1,232 hours to get on for those 10 minutes. Damn. If I didn't find success in those 1,232 hours, I bet you I'm not going to have that much fun in my journey when I finally get to the top, right? So it's like, how do you have success each day? that builds the momentum to allow you to appreciate the summit, but also allow you to appreciate the journey so Mm -hmm. very much. And so then for significance for me is when you take something that you had success in Mm -hmm. and you share it with others to help them find their success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And to me, when I think of like the word significance, I think of being fulfilled, like, me, especially like now at this time in my life, 
I'm not even like chasing joy and happiness. It's being fulfilled. And to me, it's like, then, then you're able to create that success and that significance for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I meant to ask you about this before we hit record, but you said you do a grump dump journal. What is that? Yeah, I know. Okay. So here's where it came from and I like still use it. it I mean, I actually used it last night even. So I had a horrible experience on K2 my first time. I lost mm. a teammate to an avalanche. Another one lost mm. his hand to frostbite. Um, the U S pulled out of Afghanistan at the same time I was leaving Pakistan. So all of a sudden I had a police escorts to get out of there. Cause they were, it is going to be kidnapped. Like I am telling you, it was a storm of horrific events. And so when I landed in LA, I took this huge deep breath, like, okay, I'm home. Like I'm safe. Like I can finally breathe. And I called my nanny cause we didn't summit. So I was home a little bit earlier. My kids were still at camp. I said, Hey, I'm going to take a couple of days in LA and just process through all this because I don't have a place to put it right now. And if any of my kids come home or anything that they'll know, right? Like kids know. Oh yeah. They sniff it out. (laughs) They sniff it out. So I checked myself into a hotel. I grabbed a whole bunch of paper and all this stuff. And I wrote down every single horrible thing that happened, Mm. right? from scratchy toilet paper to bad water to a friend dying to all this kind of stuff. And so then I looked at all the things. I'm like, okay, well, these were, I mean, I was in a third world country. You're going to have bad toilet yeah. paper. Like, yeah. but it, it just because it accumulated, right? So it just felt so much heavier. So now I could like start peeling back all the bad and I could say, oh, wow, these are actually all related to the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it manifested a million different ways. I was with a team that wasn't very safe. If I go back with a safe team, a, B, C, D, E, F, G probably will not happen. Yeah. Instead of it feeling like a whole bunch of things that, oh my goodness, it was just so much, right? So I we focus so much on these gratitude journals, which I do know the importance of leaning yeah. into gratitude and finding that feeling, but we can't ignore the shadow. We can't ignore this dark that still exists. And so for me, I call it a grump dump because I just get all of it on paper then I can look at it. I can be like, okay, Jennifer, you're being ridiculous. Or you're like, now you're being dramatic or now whatever, right? <laughs> or like, that is a legit thing. And that is something that you need to get out of you and process and whatever, because both things exist in ourselves. And until we can come to peace with both the dark and the light, we're yep. never going to be fulfilled and full of joy. So I have a grump dump journal. In fact, the book references it and I'm in the process of getting it printed so people can buy it because it's such an important tool to live our best lives. Yeah. Yeah. And and shine the light on those dark moments in life instead of just trying to, you know, push it under the rug. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and also too, I think it's it's nice to know that, okay, you're you're a human being being human. You're it's it's normal to experience things like that. And it's normal to get frustrated and angry and sad and depressed and scared. Like it's totally part of life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I forgot. Like my girlfriend, sorry, my girlfriend's using the grump dump right now because she just was went through a bad breakup. Yeah. And what she found in her breakup was, you know, the the so she had she wrote like areas of truth, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so here's all the things that I'm losing from this person not being in my life anymore. And then there was so much more that was imaginary. Here's all the things that I thought we would do together. Here's all the things that I like thought he would show up for me as. But those weren't even real. 
Those are things yeah. that I just was making up, hoping they were real. And so then it allowed her to be like, actually, I'm okay with this relationship ending because the imaginary stuff wasn't real. Yep. I was holding all that together in my head. The real stuff of what happened is something I wouldn't want my daughter to date. So I'm not continuing. Yeah. And so that grump dumps help her kind of see those pieces. Yeah. It's kind of like a nice zoom out approach, if you will, you know, cause we get so attached to our stories. We're like right in the middle of it. And it's nice to just kind of like take a step back and write it as like almost like in third person. And then after you re right. you know, you read it, it's like, Oh my God, that's insane. <laughs> like if that was your best friend, you'd be like, girl, no, girl, uh-uh. girl, you come on knock now. that off. Like, Stop with all that silliness. So what about, um, oh, um, red light gratitude practice. What's that one? Yes. Okay. So this is my gratitude practice. Okay. So all of you that have time to do these like 10 hour morning routines, cheers to you. It is not not me, right? Like if you see these things, I, I get up and I meditate, I do yoga and I do breath work and I write and I have my coffee and then I look outside and then I start working. I'm like, it's two in the afternoon. How are you working at two in the afternoon? What do you do all day? So anyway, so like, I don't have a ton of time to like sit and do a gratitude journal. Obviously I probably sound like I don't do one and I should, but what was happening was I buy this red light by my house and I'm on the short side of this red light. And so on the short side of this red light, I hit it red like 99% of the time. And every time I hit it red, I'm like disappointed. What? I've hit, I, I always hit it red. Why am I getting disappointed? And I'm like grumpy and whatever. And of course I hit the red light, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden one day I realized the red light doesn't care that I care that mm-hmm. it's red. Only mm-hmm. I care that this light is red. I'm like, how do I flip my story on this red light? So mm-hmm. now everybody in my car knows that like, if we hit that light red, it's our gratitude light. We're going to get our gratitude in. What are we grateful for? What are we thankful for? Whatever. My kids know it. I know Mm. it. To the point where sometimes if I hit that light green, I'm like, darn it. I wanted that time out. Oh, I love that. You have like like the coolest little ways of of hijacking your own brain. You know, I mean, sometimes we have to. Like we are all washed in some ways. You know, yeah. If you lived with this brain, you'd be like, "How many more tools do you have available, please?" <laughs> I know. So I was supposed to remind you back, uh, like what twenty minutes ago, and I think I forgot. But what did you learn about yourself spiritually throughout that whole through those seven seven? Let me see if I can say it right. Seven second summits. Yeah. So when you stand at the top of this mountain, you celebrate because. It's a thousand times you said yes, and you had 999 times that you wanted to say no, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just like the, and any climb, like a a physical one, a metaphorical one, there's always no's along the journey. And so when you get to the top, you celebrate because you're like, okay, I overcame those. I overcame those. But when you're at the top, you take in this deep breath and in that inhale, everything disappears. There's no time. There's no distance. There's no sound. There's nothing. Like I'm this, I am one with everything. Mm. And then you start to exhale and you do some breaths and like things start to form again, right? Like there's the sun, here's the mountain. I'm me. I'm cold. <laughs> Time's here. And it's almost like you take your soul and you throw it out into the world and you say, I can't wait to see where I'm going to experience you in this oneness state again. Yeah. And that's why when we climb mountains, we don't 
stay stagnant for long, right? There's always another mountain. There's always another thing that's calling us forward that gets us excited, that sparks our curiosity to say, I want to know what it is like. I want it that experience. And so I'm going to go do that thing. And that's mountaineering to me has been such a spiritual journey because it's been a way for me to be in nature away from the noise of the world and just connect to who I am and celebrate this crazy life that we get to live. I mean, let's be honest. This planet is a ginormous playground. I know. It's crazy. Girl, I say that all the time. I'm like, yes, exactly. It's this huge playground and it's yours for the taking. Like, just go. There's so much to see. So much. And you really, it doesn't, it doesn't take a ton of money. Like now there's so many ways to be able to like travel to Costa Rica or I was watching, um, oh gosh, uh, Dan Butner and the blue zones. Uh, it's on Netflix, like how to live to a hundred. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many gorgeous, amazing places to see and people to meet and experiences to be had. So yeah, definitely. It's like, get out there on the playground and play. So tell us about the book. Yes. So the book is titled Break Proof, Seven mm-hmm. Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals. We went back and forth between quit proof, break proof, quit proof, break proof, landed on break proof because that was actually my first choice. And the reason <laughs> why is because in our pursuits, we're going to break. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in that break, we have proof. What's working? Mm-hmm. What's not working? Are we even climbing the mountain that we want to climb? What do we know now to continue forward? And mm-hmm. so breaking is part of it. It's not a stop, quit, turn around, give up, never mind. It is a, oh, here's a chance to pause and reflect and regain all the things, like review all the things going on and decide, do I want to continue down this path or go down a different one? And then I talk about seven strategies to build resilience because I take the reader to each mountain that I climbed and I bring Mm -hmm. them into that experience so they can see some of the things in black and white, right? So much of our life isn't life or death. But on the mountains, it is. And so then all of a sudden you get it in this very like, oh, wow, I understand it. Now I can look at my own life and say, am I applying these principles to achieve the life that I want to live? And Mm. that's kind of how the book came about. That's the way that I teach the lessons. And it's been super fun sharing with people because everybody's positive feedback has been amazing. Oh, I love it. So it comes out January 9th? Yes. Is that right? Yep, January 9th. Yes. And, and it's in we... pre-order now. So oh, good. you can get okay, a whole good. bunch of free bonuses and like all some fun stuff from behind the scenes if you pre-order it, which is pretty cool. Because I had camera people with me on most of the climbs. So we we share some like behind the scenes footage, some behind the scenes photos and just things like that. That's pretty fun. I think there's going to be a future Netflix movie there about you. Right? Yeah. There should be. Right. I'm right. putting it out there. Um, so your website, jindrummond.com, J-E-N-N-D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D.com, right? Yep. Um, I noticed on there is pretty cool. I wanted to look at it a little bit more, but it's the 40 day challenges, uh, page. Um, and there was four categories, recover and recharge parenting. That's always a big one. I think even if you have an empty nest, it's like, I'm, you know, even my kids are 20, 25 and 31. It's like, I'm still their parent, you know? So it's like, it's, so I definitely want to look at that. Um, leadership and then also Everest. Um, so tell me a little bit about those. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it started with the parenting challenge. So because I was going on these expeditions and I'd be gone for a little bit, yeah. 40 days before I left, I put together like this thing that I would do every single day that was something a little bit different to connect with my kids. And so when I was done climbing, one of my daughters was like, are we not going to do the parenting challenge anymore? Like, that's one of my favorite things. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll do it. And we'll just share it with other people now. Right. So it's just like simple, teeny, tiny little things that hold you accountable, that allow you to connect Mm -hmm. with your kids. And my kids absolutely loved it. The Everest challenge came about because I summited Everest on my first attempt and a whole bunch of my friends didn't. So Mm. they were going back and I was sad. I'm like, I want to go back. Like I want to climb Everest again. It's such an amazing, fun experience. And I'm like, I can't, that doesn't make sense. So I'm like, I'm going to climb Everest from the comfort of my home. And I'm going to do like steps and all these different little like hacks that allow you to get to the top of Everest over 40 days. Oh, super fun little challenge. And it's like literally park in the parking lot and take the stairs up or do this or whatever. And it just shows you how easy it is to add fitness into our lives if we look for it. And you look for it when you're doing a challenge like the 40-day Everest challenge. Yeah. And then the other two came about because they hold me accountable. So one's a 40-day leadership challenge. We're all leaders, no matter where we are in life. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is a rest and recover challenge. And like, so when I come back from expeditions, it was a way of helping me get back into that flow of being instead Mm. of doing because yep. it's really easy to get caught and to be a human doing. And yep. so like taking that conscious effort and intention to be a human being mm-hmm. is what that 40 day rest and recover challenge does. And, you know, at different times of the year, it makes sense to do it, right? Like, so some of my mm-hmm. friends are starting the rest and recovery challenge over the holidays because it makes sure that they plug into themselves while they're taking care of so many. Yep. Some of them do it at the beginning of the year because it's like, hey, I want to start this year this way. It's like, so they're just fun little things that allow you to show up as your best self. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us uh, think of rest as being inactive and it is in a sense, but it's actually a very active stage that we all need to go through and embrace. I was like always so guilty of not resting. I would go, 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 go. And it's like, oh my gosh. And then I'd have burnout and I'm like, ah, and then I would get knocked down instead of just voluntarily laying down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This has been so good. I mean, I was, I was telling you before I used to record like the nuggets of midlife wisdom at the end of the show. And then I stopped just so I would have more time to fit in more interviews and things like that. But if I were to be doing that, I don't know what seven I would pick. Like you said so many amazing things. Like you you slayed this thing. Yeah. Thank you. It's and even though I would want you to like have experienced um that near fatal car accident, but wow, like there's gratitude for it because it put you where you are today. A hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. And for your son's funny comment about the what what I was know, it again? Right? Oh, the yeah. blonde. Uh, yeah. Mom, why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde instead of a real mountain like Everest? I'm a da blonde. Okay. <laughs> Did you put that not in the I'm book? A dumb blonde. Did you put that yes, in the book? It's oh in my the God. Book. It's I mean, it's hilarious. How do you not? You can't even make that up. I God, I love it. Well, Steve Jobs once said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And if that dot had not happened, if you will, of your son saying that, I mean, who knows? Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Jen. You've been amazing. You guys make sure, see, this is going to air on November 20th. 
So uh, make sure you pre-order a book so they can do that on your website, right? Yep. Yep. Cool. I'll leave all the links in the show notes. And this has been amazing. I'm like inspired to go do something crazy. I don't know what. I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) Do it, do it. Uh, All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.